0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. You don't have to attend too many communion services here to become very familiar with that phrase or words very similar. Right before we receive communion, we say or sing the Agnus Dei, O Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. Three lines of it. And again, before we ascend to the altar, at least here at All Souls, the celebrant says, holding up the elements, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who taketh away the sins of the world. This fourfold repetition suggests our importance that we have on identifying Jesus as the Lamb of God. In our Eucharistic liturgy, we connect this in connection to his uh, crucifixion, and his sacrifice. But when we hear that phrase in the Gospel today, it's set in a very, very different context. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Before Jesus' public ministry is ever really off the ground. At this point, Jesus has no known dedicated disciples. There's no thought of him ever being crucified. Why does John call him the Lamb of God? What is John's understanding of Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away sin? What is it that prompts Andrew and the other disciple to stop following John and instead to follow Jesus? And how do the answers to those questions impact us and our faith and how we live it out today? You may recall that John the Baptist was a priest kid. As such, he should have had a pretty good understanding of his Bible, or at least the part of it that he had, what we call the Old Testament. Through the Old Testament, you can find quite a few references to lambs. but There are three particular that I think inform what John is saying in this moment. The first of these we find in the first book of the Bible in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. In that scene, which is a rather stunning story, Abraham has been asked by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, the son which Sarah bore him at her actual old age. No expectation of another biological child. And God has asked him to sacrifice him. As they approach the place of sacrifice, Isaac's looking around and says, Okay, we've got fire, we've got wood, where's the lamb? Abraham simply responds, God will provide himself a lamb. And thankfully God does so. Just as Abraham has taken hold of the knife and is about to slay his son, the sound of a ram from behind him with his head stuck in a thorn bush. Augustine points out for us that just as this ram's head is stuck in thorns, Jesus, the Lamb of God, will have his head stuck in a crown of thorns at his crucifixion. God provided the sacrifice that was necessary. The Lamb of God was sufficient. The next significant encounter with the Lamb in the scriptures is the Passover story in the book of Exodus. At the conclusion of the plagues, The last plague is the killing of the firstborn in Egypt. God says to Israel, to protect themselves from it, they should sacrifice an unblemished lamb and mark their doorposts and lintels with the blood of said lamb, such that when God passes through the land that night, he would see the blood and pass over their homes. The people were delivered by the blood of a lamb. Passover becomes a theme throughout John's gospel. We recall Christ himself is crucified just before the Passover. The final important reference to a lamb for our purposes today in the Old Testament is in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. That passage, which begins in the 52nd chapter, depicts God's suffering servant, one who is brought as a lamb to slaughter, who, like a sheep, opens not his mouth. Isaiah further describes the servant to be stricken for the people's transgressions and that his soul is made, quote, an offering for sin. The passage goes on even further and says that by his stripes we are healed. I think it's this passage in particular that John is alluding to when he calls Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One of the church fathers takes us a little further and helps us make the necessary connections theologically. He says that the lamb is led away to the slaughter for all, that he might drive away the sin of the world, that dying for all, he might annihilate death. This is important because, as I hope you recall, it was through the sin of Adam and Eve, eating the forbidden food, that death entered the world. Commandment had always been, if you eat of this fruit, ye shall surely die. Death happens because of sin. Paul reminds us of the same thing in the third chapter of Romans, where he says, the wages of sin is death. So when John the Baptist declares Jesus to be the Lamb of God who takes away sins, all of these things are in context. Jesus is the Lamb that God himself provides. Jesus is the lamb whose sacrificial blood covers and protects us. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb through whose suffering we are healed and delivered from sin and from death. Back to our gospel passage. With all of this in mind, John the next day once again sees Jesus and says, behold, the lamb of God. This time, and the who is probably John, are standing there and they hear John the Baptist say these words and although they've been following John for a while, they immediately leave him and begin to follow Jesus. And he turns and asks them what I think is a very important question. What seek ye? Notice that the question isn't who do you seek? But Not that they're seeking Messiah as a person, as a who. Not that they're seeking the Christ, the Lamb, a King, or any other who. What do you seek? They seek what only the Lamb of God can provide, the removal of sin from the world. In their response, they call him rabbi teacher, a master teacher, from whom they can learn and receive what he alone has to offer. They ask where he stays so that they can dwell with him, and after only a few hours, they recognize him not only as the Lamb, but also the Christ. The question for us then becomes, what do we seek in Jesus? whether you've been following him for a long time or only now thinking about following Jesus, what seek he in him? Do we seek acceptance, consolation, unconditional love, or something else? Those are all good things to seek in all things which God offers through Christ. Christ. But all of them are subsumed by Christ being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You nor I can do anything to remove our sin from us. We cannot be freed from sin and death by any effort of our own. That is the what that Christ has. Whoever might seek and follow Jesus, that is first. That is cardinal, the forgiveness of our sins, the restoration of our relationship with God. Jesus saves from sin, from death, and to life. Jesus provides for us what we cannot provide for ourselves, true health, forgiveness. In a few moments, we will hear again the words, Behold the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world? As you hear that, and as you come to the altar to receive the bread and the wine, I pray that you receive His grace, His mercy, the removal of your sins, the freedom from bondage and death into life. That is what He offers, and that is what we should seek. We come to him. The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.